Top Shelf Fantasy. All right, Shelfies. Podcast 265 coming at you. It's me and Dows again. Thanks for tuning in. A um, couple more days till kickoff. Um, it's Monday, September 4th. You'll listen to this on Tuesday. TopShotFantasy.com. Got all the breakouts, sleepers, busts, dart throws, bounce back players, as well as updated rankings. Um, we'll have them finalized right before Thursday to kind of get you know the most accurate rankings out there. Compare that with the season-ending rankings and... Uh, We'll probably just, you know, crush it. We're so accurate. Definitely 100% guaranteed. Lock it in. Yep. What's the so, uh, the kickoff game for the Lions Chiefs? Lions Chiefs. That should be a... That should be a, That's a pretty solid one. Yeah. I like that. Sometimes it's a stinker. Like, starts the season off slow, and it's like Pittsburgh versus, like, the Jets. Like, oh, sick. Fun. Yeah. It's at least, like, you know... Super Bowl winning team and a team that was very promising last year, only getting better under Dan Campbell. Jameer Gibbs, you know, it's it should be an exciting game. Yeah, I'm stoked to see uh, the 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 new, well, I guess it's not fully the new look Lions because they won't have Jamison Williams. He's suspended, but, um, you know, see the, re- the rest of the faces there. And Jameer Gibbs in the opening game should be interesting. Even more interesting if Chris Jones actually holds out, which is looking more and more like it might potentially happen. I heard today that they're nine and a half million away on uh, their contract negotiations. So that's a lot of money to be, to be a part. He's it's going to be, I mean, he's, he's had a be fine, a shitload so far. And I think it's a little over a million each game. It's going to miss. So yeah, not only that they're far apart, he's going to lose a shitload. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a Interesting situation there, but especially for what he does for that defense, it'll be it'll be tough to lose him. I mean, they're a team that runs a different, a lot, you know, a whole lot of different people out on that defensive line, but he's still the uh, the anchor down there. So that'll be interesting. Hopefully, uh, maybe Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs find some extra space if he sits out. I'd like that for a lot it's, of my it's fantasy huge. Sports. I mean, I, I know we talk about you know it's Pat Mahomes he doesn't need need anyone doesn't need Tyreek, but it's on the defensive side and right. I mean, he helps like uh, Pat Mahomes just on the defensive end. So that's huge. He's Pretty much the captain of the entire defense. So, hopefully, for their sake, they can get a contract. Um, maybe Mahomes takes a little less money in 2035, and uh, we, they can make it work. <laughs> yeah, you think maybe he can just slide them a few million bucks on the side. Don't even make it official. Just say hey, Pat's gonna yep. pay you. Hush money. Um. All right, giving the beat boys some news. Uh, we talked about this last podcast, but. Uh, Cooper Cup with a hammy. It's still an issue. I know we kind of said it's fine. It's day to day. He's got like a 10 days to get healthy. Visiting specialists, I'm pretty sure he's still there. Um, I mean, they they play in six days. I think by Wednesday or Thursday, they need to, you know, not make a call if he's, you know, in or out, but probably at least be questionable for week one, which is huge. I mean, that's a team that sucked last year, and you're kind of excited to get cut back. If he was the only kind of bright spot on the team before he went down so without him you got you know van jefferson tyler hibby probably takes a huge step up um yeah i mean how much that... puka nakua yep <laughs> a bunch of random guys that you're gonna need contributions from if, if cooper's not there um you know cups a first round pick you know no matter how you draft really he's a first round pick maybe if you get lucky he slips to the second but i doubt that um so it's it's a killer for fantasy squads all over, and you're going to be worrying up until kickoff. For the you know the good side is, um, he doesn't need any 
practice reps to be ready to play football uh, right. for the Rams in this offense with Matt Stafford. He knows where to be, when to be there. And if he's physically capable of it, he'll be out there. But um, scary to see him going to a specialist for a hamstring injury because if it's like a hamstring injury, what's the specialist going to Yeah, it's still pulled. Yeah. Well, still like, doesn't look good. It's a setback. So I think it's going to him. And he's like, hey, like, why is it a setback? What the hell is going on? Is it a hamstring? Is it, is yeah. it worse? <laughs> Yeah, and like, yeah, is it full tear? Is it what's going on? Like, do you have a tear instead of a pull? Is it a whatever, whatever it might be? It's it's scary to go get a second opinion on a hamstring. Usually, you know, you get an on field trainer who can be like, oh yeah, that's a hammy. We gotta work out. It's gonna be a little while. You know, get get right. But going to doctors over a hammy is scary. Go get an MRI on it or something. Misses like four weeks, and it's just like the Rams go zero and four. It just might be hold him out or here trade him to the Chiefs. Boom, like it's might be full tank for the Rams. Just so yeah, weird. And, just and two years it. ago. <laughs> they, yeah. If they're, if they're literally Oh, and four, like at what point do you just say, we're, we're going to quit on the season start selling pieces off. And we saw him do it last year. It's old Jalen Ramsey quick and early. Um, and they got rid of, they cut, um, who was the defensive guy they got last year? Bobby Wagner. Wagner. And he had a career yeah. year and they already dropped Led the team in tackles. And then they said, okay, you can go back home to Seattle. I think he went back to Seattle, right? Yeah. Which is, I think yeah. it was a, Fantastic fit. Yeah, absolutely. I weird that Seattle let him leave in the first place just to go for one year well, to whatever. I do <laughs> I do think this like I mean in our mind it made sense. Like, oh Seattle's taken, they got rid of Russ, they got Gino, and like shit. Team's pre- pretty good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, in other news with guys who have been played by injury, James Robinson works out for the Colts today, which is pretty interesting. a uh, guy who we all hear has lost his explosiveness explosiveness coming off of the Achilles injury. Uh, I don't know. It seems like he's going around. He's doing his NFL tour of, of teams that need running backs, and he's at least getting some interest. So uh, maybe he'll land on a practice squad or even an active roster. Who knows? But uh, fingers crossed for him. I'd love to see him back in the NFL, you know, toting the ball around at least maybe while JT's on the bench. Maybe that adds some clarity to who's going to run the ball in the backfield if the Colts don't have faith in Deion Jackson or Zach Moss or uh, Evan Hull or whoever else it might be. Yeah. I mean, what a great story, too. Undrafted. But it means like he's never made a dime yet. Yeah. So like he's not gonna make it like this is probably if he goes with the Colts, he's probably, you know, one more year in the NFL. Just yep. kind of sad he, these guys will never make a dime. Yeah, like he'll make he, a million bucks this year if he's lucky. Well, I mean you get paid by the Pats, but you know, he'll make a million dollars for his his the team he's actually playing for. Um it's just funny though, because James Robinson, even with his lack of explosiveness, kind of just like is Zach Moss to me. They're like, they're so interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Like why, why do you need both? But Hey, I am not an NFL GM, so they know something I don't. Do they? Nah, probably not. The Colts. <laughs> probably some accounting nerd. Yeah. <laughs> um, Devon Deshaun finally takes off his non-contact Jersey in Miami for practice today. So that's good considering their woes at running back currently. Uh, at least means Raheem Mostert has doesn't have to carry the ball 30 times on his own in week one. So um, but I guess that's that's probably a good sign. If you're in a Sean owner, you're definitely stoked to at least have him be available in week one. That's huge. I mean, it's with Jeff Wilson out, um, I know Mostert's probably a big pickup this last week with that. But um, yeah, I still don't know how to view that backfield until we see it week one, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I, if I have any league where I have Mostert, he's obviously in my starting lineup, probably as a flex play. Hopefully, he's not, you're not relying on him as a starting running back in any of your teams. Um, then, Ashan, it's kind of, 
I don't know. I guess if I was in a desperation for a high a high upside flex, I, I'd consider it. But um, yeah, if you, his, if you his did floor this, is definitely zero. Yeah, if you did the zero RB approach, he's probably your flex anyways. That's true. Yeah, you kind of just wrong with it. Um, another guy that should be out there week one, Kadarius Tony. Um, great news for Tony owners. Great news for the Chiefs. Um, I got him late in some leagues. He was falling, you know, very far from where he was. Of course, you're scared that he's going to get hurt again. Now, I, I have him, and I also have like Jerry Judy in the league, who's going to be out. <laughs> I still, I don't think I start him still. I, I, I think I, I gotta wait because the Chiefs could play him two snaps. Yeah, I mean, I can go both ways on on that approach, right? Like, I totally agree. He could be very minimally involved in the offense. Or flip side, he has one huge game like we've seen him do. You know, shows out week one. And then he limps off the field like in the third or fourth quarter and mm-hmm. you don't see him for another four weeks. And you're like, oh, well, damn it. I wish I would have got that one week of usefulness out of him. But um, yeah, I guess it kind of boils down to the constitution of your roster. If he's a flex play and you're looking for a potential big upside guy, that could be him. I'd personally probably go with a safer bet. You know, I'd rather have the the six point floor with the 10 point ceiling than the the zero and 20 that Kadarius gives you. So um, it's tricky. I mean, knowing that offense, it's just, you have no idea what to expect every week. It could be MVS. It could be Sky Moore. It could be Kadarius Tony. It could be Justin Ross. It could be, you know, the list goes on and on. It will be Travis Kelsey. We do know that. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> that's the only thing that is locked in in KC. It's um, not even a matter of game plan. It's just a matter of where Mahomes, you know, sees an open guy on any given route. So um, tricky, tricky offense to, to own any pieces of. Yes, I agree. All right, we'll get to the uh, the fun part of it. I love the spot. Um, bull predictions. Because it's just, you know, some crazy stuff you're putting out there. If it sticks, you're a genius. If not, oh, it doesn't matter. It was, it was too bull to begin with. So um, no harm, no foul here. It's perfect. This is what, this is what we want. Uh, I'll take one of mine first. Uh, first one of mine is Mike Evans keeps his streak alive. He is over 1,000 yards receiving. Uh, and even better, he catches 10 or more touchdowns. Um, I know that's asking a lot, but people are scared that Baker Mayfield's there. Kyle Trask might get some reps. I think that's just blown out of pr- proportion. I mean, he only had Brady for three years. He played with Jameis, who was you know great chucking the ball down the field, but Josh McCown, Fitzpatrick, even worse guys to begin his career. I forget who the guy was uh, his r- rookie year, but the overlap with Josh Freeman. I don't know. I mean, this is that could have been too far been, back. This is the tenth year, so it, yeah, it, it might be. it might have been that first year. Could have yeah. been. That's um, but I mean, he's done it with, with, with crap quarterbacks, quarterback carousels almost every season before Tom Brady was there. So he can do it. I mean, this is a team that's going to be down more often than not. So they're going to say, "Hey, if we're tanking too." Baker, check the ball up, and I mean, we know that Baker's not scared of you know check <laughs> the ball, but he doesn't care if he's going to throw a pick six, but same with Jameis. You could have that 30 for 30 year, but, um, and even better too, he's a guy that you might see traded in the trade deadline. So he even goes to a team like the chiefs and that's that thousand yard, uh, and 10 touchdowns thing is more than doable. Um, if he, if he goes after week six. Yeah. I think the, uh, the game flow comment is, is one of the more telling parts of this entire, you know, bold prediction. So they are going to be down. They are going to lose a lot of games and they are going to chuck the ball. So I think that works. Well, I actually saw a, uh, a PFF 
bold prediction that said the Tampa Bay Bucks would start four or more quarterbacks this season. And I was like, yeah, that, that's probably true. Yeah, I mean, easily. I was like, that's stupid, but that's not. That's that's <laughs> yeah. actually probably accurate. Like very well within the realm of possibility. Yeah, and, <laughs> and Mike Evans gets it done too. So, um, I think you could you could have just as easily said Chris Godwin. I think either one of them could could be that guy. I think they could even both be that guy. Uh, I, I think I just I would lean Evans if I had to, you know, gun to my head pick one. I think Evans is the way to go. Um, yeah. all right, I'll move on to my pick, which is also a pass catcher, but at the much less interesting position of tight end. I have Irv Smith as a top five tight end and fantasy points scored this season, uh, primarily because he plays for the Bengals now. And Joe Burrow has been a friend of tight ends on his team for for quite some time. He's never had an absolute stud, but uh, Hayden Hurst is probably the best one he's had in his career. And Hayden Hurst looked great last season. Um, He was involved in the offense. The only trick here is that Irv Smith can't stay healthy and can't block for shit. So... He's going to need to figure out both of those things to stay on the field a little bit more often. But if he's out there, I think with the other weapons surrounding him on offense that are going to take a lot of the coverage away, he has every every opportunity of going for a big season. And quite honestly, tight end five means he needs like two touchdowns on the season. He's probably got it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think we said it last year, like from like tight end five to tight end 12, it was like just a like a catch for 20 yards or like yeah. two, two more reception so exactly yeah like if he gets just seven touchdowns just random ones start the season you're you're already easily sitting right there yeah and i think you said his adp is like tight end 20 right now so if you can outperform that by 15 spots i feel i feel that's bold enough for irv Mm. smith i should have said bold prediction irv smith is healthy for more than two weeks this year that would be bold that is pretty bold (laughs) pretty ballsy um all right my second one is um, the Niners will have two 1,000 yard rushers. I don't know the last time we saw this. I think we had a podcast. We talked about this with Derek. It might have been either Carolina or the uh, Chiefs with uh, Thomas Jones and Jamal Charles. So um, Elijah Mitchell and CMC, I think both are fantastic backs. Of course, CMC is by far the better player here, but. Um, I mean, just a, a thousand yards. If they both play seventeen games, that's fifty-eight yards a game. I think that's doable. I mean, we saw in the playoffs, uh, Mitchell and CMC both play extremely well um, when they're both fully healthy. So, um, if what they're saying is true, they're they're going to ease, you know, CMC not in, but you know, take away some work for him. Because I mean, why would you rush him out there when you know you're a playoff team all? already you have a, a top tier handcuff and this is a run heavy team like Brock Purdy's not throwing for 5,000 yards um I don't even throw him for 4,000 yards so um they got the best pass blocking tight end in the league uh it's gonna help them uh in the run game and I, I don't think 58 yards a game is is crazy if they're both gonna play around 45 percent to 65 percent um, so I, I think it'll be cool to see, especially in the NFL now where it's pass heavy and you're seeing thousand yard receivers left and right. It'd be kind of cool to see two players on the same team, uh, do it. Yeah. Adding the extra game certainly helps like the, equip that thousand yard barrier. Um, like you said, you work out the math uh, on a game by game basis. It makes it a lot more, more, more tenable. Um, also I pulled up the stats, the last team to do it. It's actually 2019. It was Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram, which is kind of funny. It's a quarterback oh. and a running back. Uh, and then before that, 
you go back to 2009 with Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams. And then ironically, Brandon Jacobs did it on the Giants with his running back teammate, Derek Ward. And then oh, before so, that, it was Mike Vick and work done. In oh, so so Thomas Jones and Charles never did it. No, they, apparently not. There's only close, uh, there's but... seven pairs of thousand thousand yard duos. Um, I'm sure if you if you added in like receiving and stuff, and just say like you get there running back. There's like three or four. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Two double double running backs. Yeah. Well, then you got to go back to the 70s. But if you do just running backs, there's only been one, two, three, three pairs ever. Um, yeah, and that's uh, that was back in the day when you ran the ball shitload. <laughs> and ton, now you don't. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Your next one. My next one also involves running the ball, but by a quarterback. Anthony Richardson is going to rush for a thousand yards this season, and I don't even think it's that might not even be bold enough. Maybe I should pick a higher number. I think he's going to be running nonstop because he's going to realize how much harder it is to throw the ball in the NFL than it is. Uh, in college where he still wasn't that good at throwing the ball. So you'll see a lot of uh, duck and cover, run run as fast as you can, show off that athleticism. And, I mean, honestly, with the way the team set up and with what I think they expect him to do, it's going to be the Anthony Richardson show, you know, win or die by it. So if he if he can't do it, I don't know what they're going to do. But if he can, we could be looking at that Lamar Jackson type season where he comes on the scene and just uh, just absolutely – you know, astonishes people with his athleticism. And then maybe down the road, he can develop his passing a little bit more. But I think in his rookie year, he's going to be very, very uh, quick to pull that trigger and pull the ball down and take off. Yeah. I mean, with no JT there, he's going to, you're going to have Deion Jackson run a hundred yards a game. you like, yeah. that's not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. They'll probably run play action, get him out <laughs> in space and, 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 you know, make some stuff happen out there instead of plotting it up the middle, like a normal running game does. All right, my third bull prediction. Fan favorite of TSF, Kendrick Bourne leads the Patriots in receiving yards. Love this it. is bold because this is a guy that was on the the block to get, you know, cut or traded um during the offseason. Team has called the Pats about him. They said he's you know, he's untouchable, which is a fantastic sign. Um I know I sent you that thing about Juju's knee. Today, yeah. I don't know how true that is, but it's coming from somewhere. So, if Drew's knee is still flared up and he's not 100%, that's even a better case that Bourne uh, leads the team. I mean, I think outside of like Juju, Bourne, and Parker, I don't even see anyone else really contributing like this season. Like, uh, one's already on the IR, the tight ends there aren't aren't huge receiving yard guys, so. I think I uh, I think it, c- it can work. Now I'm not saying he's going to lead the, the team in fantasy points. I think Juju has a better eye for the end zone than him. But you know we see the deep balls to from Matt to Bourne. Um, I wish I saw it more last year, but t- two years ago, and it was a thing of beauty. Yeah, I mean it's always seemed like Mac Jones and Kendrick Bourne were on the same page together. So if you know, Kendrick Warren can stay on the field this year and it doesn't end up in the doghouse, then I think it's a great pick. And I think there's a lot of worlds where that reality comes to fruition. Um, you know, like you said, the Juju knee stuff that's coming from Albert Breer. That's that's pretty that's a pretty kind of connected guy when it comes to Patriot news. So I, I do try to listen when he speaks when it's in in relation to the Patriots. But um yeah, I mean I don't know. I whether it 
it's true, whether it's fabricated, whether it's maybe a little bit embellished, I don't, I'm not sure. But if there's any any truth to it all, and and Juju's not at 100, then Kendrick Bourne should be the one who fills that role. It's not going to be Devonte Parker, who's been dead last in the league in separation for five straight years. Like it's not Tyquan Thornton who can't, who can't stay healthy on the field. It's not Hunter Henry who runs like a six second forty now. It's not Mike Gesicki who's never been near nearly as good as everybody projects him to be. So it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's not the rookies there. Like cool, yeah. they looked okay in, in camp and stuff, but there's be hard for them to even see the field. Yeah, hundred percent. Especially with sets. Also, day. Kendrick Bourne is the best ever do it, and I've been saying it for years. He's um, so underrated. Yeah, dude, so that. underrated. He had like a seventy-nine speed in Madden a year ago. I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, if you see he does in the bats, he's by far the fastest. Right. Which isn't saying uh, too, <laughs> yeah. too much, but yeah, that's true. <laughs> Um, all right, another one of my bold predictions. Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley will both turn in 100 catch seasons this year. I'm not sure the last wide receiver duo to do that. I'm sure maybe it was probably like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle last year, if I had to guess off the top of my head. But um, I just think that they could both make that happen in the Jaguars offense with Trevor Lawrence uh, picking up his play, starting to throw the ball in the NFL at a high level. Uh, you saw what Kirk did last year. He kind of, bur- I want to say burst on the scene because as soon as he got that big contract is when he first burst on the scene. And then he showed up and proved it week in and week out that he was worth every single penny of it. Um, now with Calvin Ridley here, who's been suspended, but now back in the NFL, he's he should be well arrested. He should be fully healed up. He should be ready to play some football. Uh, I, I like both their upsides. I do have reservations about about this bold prediction that things could go horribly horribly wrong and you know one guy is the absolute alpha and the other one fades into irrelevancy i just don't know who it's going to be so i'm just hoping fingers crossed that they both have awesome years and they both have 100 catches and everybody walks home happy yeah i can totally see it i mean we saw zay jones as a legit startable player uh most of the season last year and um yeah, and who saw that coming <laughs> So you you've Kirk and Ridley as a top two instead of Kirk and Jones, and I think it's definitely more pass heavy offense. Yeah, totally. Um, all right, my last bowl prediction. Uh, I couldn't really think of one, so might as well do Marvin Jones. Um, he will be a wide receiver three or better for the first six weeks. Uh, the first six weeks because James uh, J- Jameson Williams will be out with a suspension. Um, so of course you got Amon Ross St. Brown there. Um, the rookie tight end, Sam Laporta. But other than that, I, I don't really see anyone really filling that wide receiver two spot on the team besides Robert Jones. This is a guy who has been in D- Detroit. I know it's different, you know, uh, c- coaches and stuff, but, um, they wanted him back there. He got back there. Um, I think they're, they're probably, happy that they do have a guy like Marvin Jones um, because he signed there before Williams and two other receivers got caught gambling once they were suspended or cut indefinitely. Um, Jones, you know, fills that wide receiver two spot. Um, Scott, should I start in week one? No, do not start in week one. Uh, this is just <laughs> a, a very bold prediction. Um, I mean, I wouldn't even pick him up, um, but just to keep an eye out, see what they do week one. I mean, who knows? It could be Sam Laporta crushing it, but I think, you know, rookie tight ends, you know, breaking out week one of their rookie season is usually not, not going to happen. So Marvin Jones all day. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not even a surprise that you have Marvin Jones on here. So uh, any any of the TSF fans should know this. Uh, until to expect until Marvin he Jones. retires. <laughs> Every year. Um, at least it wasn't Deontay Johnson. Uh, Geno yeah. Smith is my final bold prediction, and it is that he returns to being Geno Smith and is not the competent quarterback that we saw last year. Um, I was actually reading a PFF article on him and some of his uh, – let's say like outlier type statistics from a season ago, he had what they called or what they quantify as 35 big time throws, but he also had 29 turnover worthy plays that didn't actually turn into turnovers. Um, And then when you remove the three big games that he had on the season, his numbers skew even further in the other direction. It's something like 27 turnover worthy plays and only like 15 big time throws. So if you kind of regress that to, to an average mean for just a typical quarterback in the NFL, and he's not so far or so high up on those, on those big time throws, um, you look at a quarterback that finishes much more towards the back end of QB ones, or even into that QB two territory. And then when you go further and you adjust it to what the rest of Geno Smith's careers looked like, you see him down at the bottom tier of QB twos. And in, in, uh, in some instances, if you extrapolate the math and play with the numbers correctly, or, you know, in, in a way to support your own argument, you can push him outside of the, uh, the QB two range, which is kind of nuts that you can play with math and make it say a couple of different things so easily. But um, when you look at some of the adjusted percentages and what Geno Smith did and how PFF breaks it down, the, the picture that they're painting is, is not that uh, promising. So um, I'm, I'm definitely expecting a little bit of regression out of Gino. Now they did what they could to help him out. They put a good offensive line around him. They gave him running backs and they gave him wide receiver weapons and they have a good defense. So if there's a guy that can prove me wrong on this bold predictions list, it probably is Gino, but I think we're going to see him turn back into Gino Smith uh, of the rest of his career. And a lot of people have been bumping up Geno Smith in their rankings and, you know, he's got all these weapons and you can still draft him high. He can still be a QB one. And I'm just going to choose to buck that trend and say, no, it's not going to happen. Sorry. Sorry, Scott. I hope you're wrong about this. I hope I'm wrong too. Actually, the Geno Smith story to see him finally get uh, a decent year under his belt at age 32 is kind of funny, especially when he had to battle it out for uh, the quarterback position over Drew Locke. Like it, it, it is a great story. I hope somebody filmed it and someday we can watch like a documentary on it. But um, I don't know. It, I just, it's, it's hard to see it happening again. It's one of those, like, can you catch lightning in a bottle twice? I don't know if you can. That doesn't help your bull, your uh, breakout in uh, <laughs> JSN, but yeah, now I'm on both sides. So now I have to hit <laughs> one way or the other. Yeah. So, so yeah. So when, when, will be a hit. So yeah, I guess I'd rather my breakout hit than my bold prediction hit. So that's, <laughs> Oh, yeah, 100%. All right, so that does it for the bull predictions. That's four each. Um, again, Mike Evans, 1,000-yard receiver, 10-plus touchdowns. Uh, CMC and Elijah Mitchell will run for 1,000 yards. Kendrick Bourne leads the Pats in receiving yards. Marvin Jones, eight wide receiver, three or better the first six weeks. And Dow's, what are your four? Irv Smith as a top five tight end in fantasy points scored. Anthony Richardson runs for a thousand yards. Kirk and Ridley both turn in hundred catch seasons and Geno Smith turns back into Geno Smith. All right. He's out there betting on stuff with his teammates on the plane, getting punched in the face. Linebackers getting cut. That. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that does it. Um, 
we'll have one more podcast before the season starts. That will be on Wednesday, and that will be our TSF Listener League draft. We'll um, be at least me and Dow's on with you on Wednesday. Uh, we'll get it up on YouTube, show you the draft board while we're drafting, see how it goes. And uh, after that, Thursday, first game. Sunday is going to be a lot of fun. I feel bad for my wife and kids. I told them, guys, I, don't bother me. My kids don't are like, oh, you know what that means. Like, yeah. <laughs> don't talk to me. Um, talk to me. I I'm... just upgraded the the cable package. I now have DirecTV. <laughs> yeah. I'm pissed off. My team sucks. I thought they were going to be good. It's only, yeah, one, well, it's only 115, but I'm, I'm fucked. Yeah. By 115, just hit me up for trades because I'll be trading my whole team. Season's ruined. Everybody's hurt. I look forward to my inevitable first quarter injury, as is tradition. Can't oh, wait to see who it is this year. Yeah, it's going to happen. Oh, it's brutal. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe after the podcast on Wednesday, too, or during the podcast, we can go over because uh, we will have drafted our vampire team by then as well. We can rehash the vampire league format for those who are unfamiliar. One of my favorite leagues, honestly, the vampire league. So, yeah, and that's t- that's tomorrow. So, again, tomorrow, yeah. I'm actually doing a draft as you speak. And Dynasty Draft, and then uh, Vampire tomorrow, TSF on Wednesday, and then we are good to go. Rock and roll. All right. For me and Dows and Top Shelf Fantasy, thanks for tuning in. Enjoy your season. Stay fluid. Stay loose. Top Shelf Fantasy. Stay fluid. Stay loose.